are now tuning in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Dayan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lido Dayan. And in today's episode, I got a good chance speaking to a very unique person. His name is Drew Manning, and some of you might be familiar with him on his journey from fit to fat to fit. Drew is a fitness guru, New York Times best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. Drew is not only a coach, but also stepped into his client's shoes by adding 70 pounds to his frame and losing it all in a six-month journey. Wow, talking about a real walk the talk. By that, he finally understood how the mind of an overweight person really feels like and what needs to change both physically and mentally. So I'm really excited sharing this interview with you all and I truly believe you can take a few notes that can help you in your fat loss journey. So without further ado, let's begin the interview. So first of all, I want to thank you uh, for your time being uh, on my podcast. Uh, I'm really honored to have you. I've been watching your uh, work and it's really amazing all the stuff you've been through. Uh, especially your journey from fit to fat to fit. So uh, if you could please uh, share with us uh, a little bit about your background and how you even got uh, into fitness. Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters. My parents were crazy and had 11 kids. I don't know how they did it. But we all played sports. We were all active. So from a very young age, I played football. American football and I wrestled uh, from a very young age and so for me it, it was, being active and, and physically fit was a part of my life from a very young age and so growing up with that mentality um, I always kind of uh, I kind of fell in love with health and fitness and I became a trainer in 2009 and uh, started helping other people with their health and fitness goals and so that's kind of how I got into it that's how I got into health and fitness um, but it's it's always just something that's that's been a part of my life even before becoming a trainer like you know when I first got married and um, uh, you know I've always wanted I've always liked working out and so that's uh, that's kind of my background before uh, health and fitness I also you know my first job out of college was financial was a financial analyst so in the finance industry and then I went to the medical field so complete 180 and then I became a personal trainer. And so here we are today with the Fit Fat Fit. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. So if we, we're talking about the Fit Fat Fit, and what really made you decide to, to start this journey from fit to, to fat? Because this is something rarely you will see anybody will take uh, this kind of thing to do to himself, to his body. And uh, I really wanted to know what's going through your mind when you, when you decide to do this. <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of it has to do with how I grew up. You know, I grew up in shape, and I never knew any differently. And so for me, when I came to, became a trainer, I had a, a there was a disconnect between my clients and I because I was someone who was blessed genetically and with hard work and discipline, and I was trying to help people who you know were overweight. And there was an obvious disconnect because I would get frustrated when they would tell me their excuses of why they couldn't follow the meal plans or why they 
couldn't follow the workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it was hard to help them because I couldn't relate to them and their struggles. I was like, well, look, you just eat healthy and you exercise. It's not that hard. Follow the meal plans. Do the workouts. It's not that difficult. And then they would tell me, you don't understand what it's like. You know, for you, it's easy. But for me, it's hard. And I couldn't understand why it was so hard. You know, for me, it seems so easy. This is all you do. You just stop eating the junk food. You go to the gym. And so anyways, when they would tell me that, I felt like maybe there's something I need to learn as a trainer to better relate to my clients. And so the idea of getting fat on purpose, as crazy as that sounds, it made sense in my mind. It, it, it felt like it was a, a calling for me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to do it to better gain a better understanding of where my clients were coming from. So that's where the idea, the concept of Fit Head started was because of that disconnect between my clients and I. Okay, so let's take you back when you start this journey and you just start to eat, right? You eat, you eat, you eat, and uh, you're basically not moving that much. And it's also a struggle to do because uh, gaining 70 pounds is not an overnight thing. And you need to eat and you need to eat a lot. So what's going through your mind uh, in this process? Yeah, actually, you know, it was at first I'll admit it was kind of fun to let myself go to eat whatever I wanted to. I didn't have to go to the gym. I could eat all, you know, any kind of cereal or soda or sugary snack I wanted uh, whenever I wanted to. And it felt like freedom, right? But um, very quickly it became really, really difficult. And that sense of freedom started to go away because now walking up the stairs was really hard to breathe. Playing with my kids, I was out of breath after a couple of minutes and I couldn't keep up with my kids. And so um, very quickly that sense of freedom started to go away and it became a lot more difficult. So I started snoring about a month or two into the journey, which affected my sleep, which affected my mood, which affected my energy levels, which affected my personality. And so for me, it really affected who I was at the core of my personality. And it, it became so much more of a mental and emotional journey. That's what was so hard about this. Physically, it was hard as well to let myself go, but mentally and emotionally, that's where the greatest lessons were learned. And that's where the hardest part of this journey happened was on the mental and emotional side because part of the issue I had was I freaked out once I lost my six pack and I didn't know who I was anymore because my identity was built on my body mm. and once I lost my body and became a, an overweight person I was like well who am I like I wanted to go up to strangers and tell them hey I'm not really overweight this is just an experiment this is normally what I look like showing them a picture I wanted to do that um, but um, I couldn't, and so I had to kind of figure out who I was. And so I, I, I struggled a lot with the weight gain, and it was a lot harder than I ever imagined, but I learned a lot of valuable lessons during it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, I, I think it's a great metaphor for life as well. Like, when you think you have it all, and some someday, like, uh, something happens in your life, or your house is uh, moved away, or your career is, like, bankrupt, so then like you you lose your identity right so just like you said like uh, you 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 didn't have the six packs or you all of a sudden didn't know what to hold on to and yeah so sorry so what made you disciplined to to do this all over again because once you got this 70 pounds on your body 
then you you automatically thinking uh, like an overweight person right your psychology is different so what made you shift because me as a trainer as well with clients they they also tell me the same stuff you don't know how it's like so how can i actually get inside their head and make the shift and make it permanently and not just like uh, for a week or two or just when i'm around yeah that's a really good question and the hard part is, you know, as a coach or a trainer, it's so hard because you want to try and help that person, but they don't want to help themselves sometimes, right? You're, you're there to help them, and you're like, hey, I'm trying to help you, but at the end of the day, they have to make the decision. They have to know that they're worth it to make those changes, and so um, each person's situation is different, too. There's not one size fits all approach that's going to help a client. Um, it, it, because we all have our own struggles that have to do with how we were raised and uh, childhood trauma and the emotional attachment to food, right? It's also different. So for me personally, what helped me, you know, one is I was in the public eye, right? I was on a bunch of TV shows and people were following me on social media and YouTube and they were watching me. So the, the power of accountability is what helped me stick with it. So having an audience to be accountable to really helped like it kind of straked fear in me of i have to do this because if i don't thousands of people are watching uh every day as i post my updates and if i don't if i don't deliver you know i'll be a fraud or i'll be a failure or whatever so that that kind of motivation from accountability is really really powerful and then also having a support system so what helped me is you know in my situation my support system was my followers that were doing the journey with me. Knowing that other people were going through this process along with me helped me in those moments where I wanted to give in to you know, cereal and soda again, which I did have those moments. Um, knowing that other people were doing this with me and having that support from them really helped me not give in during those moments because I would have had to report that to them and say, hey, you know, I screwed up and uh, I didn't want to have to do that when I was with them. And so. Um, I wanted to be a good example to them, right? And so that, that's what motivated me, even though there was moments I wanted to give in. And so I guess my advice for, for people that, like you that are trainers or coaches is you don't have to do a fit-to-fit-to-fit -fit experience, although for me it was beneficial. And for trainers on the TV show it's beneficial. But what you can do is really learn to help them on the mental and emotional side. Physically, you know, meal plans and workouts and macros and calories and, and different exercise uh, protocols – all that's important, but that's not the key. That's not the biggest piece of the puzzle. That's a small piece. The biggest piece is sitting down and understanding why they struggle with a, a, an emotional attachment to food, why they struggle with living this as a lifestyle. What is it that's keeping them back? And if, if they know that you care enough about them to listen to those, uh, those issues that they have on the mental and emotional side, then they're going to be more willing to work with you when you tell them, hey, this is the exercise for today. This is your meal plans. Um, because they know that you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. So if they know that you care about them, first and foremost, then they'll be more willing to listen to all the knowledge you have to share with them. But it's it's hard for some, I think a lot of trainers sometimes go into it and thinking, I have all the knowledge of how to fix you, but if you can't connect with them, there's no chemistry, they're not, they're not gonna be willing to listen all the time, right? And right. so each client's different though. So that's my experience and that's my my word of advice for other trainers or coaches out there yeah i think uh, what you said is a really great example like we all need to get ourselves leverage right because uh, 
saying to ourselves, yeah, from tomorrow I'm gonna diet or something, it's not re- really gonna last because we all can get to say to ourselves a lot of stuff, but eventually it's not something that lasts. But when you get the leverage, like for yourself, it was like uh, putting your name out there and uh, thousands of people that following you, then it got you a great leverage. But my question is like, how do you interrupt the current patterns that you have with your food? Because it's a pattern because you created habits like eating more, eating certain food. Um, and how do you interrupt it while you like start to, to eat and you know when to stop and not get emotionally into it and, and eat and eat and eat? Yeah, that's so it's going to depend on the client, right? And what their what their emotional attachment to food is or why they're attached to why they're, they're they have such a strong emotional attachment to food. Um, but I think really what it comes down to is changing up their environment at home when they're by themselves, right? So if they're at home by themselves with their family, they go into a routine. They go into almost habit mode. Oh, it's you know, my kids are at school and I was stressed out this morning and you know what, I always have those donuts or those cookies or those treats that I go to mm-hmm. because I had a hard day. If it's not convenient, if you make the unhealthy food, if you make the unhealthy, or yeah, if you make the unhealthy food inconvenient, most people aren't gonna go out of their way to get the unhealthy food. But if the unhealthy food is super convenient where it's just right there in the cupboard or it's right there in the refrigerator or right there in the pantry, they're going to have that moment of stress, and that's when they're going to go back to those old habits. But if you make the unhealthy food inconvenient so that their their house is full with the healthy food, then they're going to have to go all the way out of their way to get something unhealthy, which most people aren't going to do because it takes too much time and effort mm-hmm. uh, and money to go get it versus I have all this food here. I'm just going to eat the food that I have here. And then on top of that is depending on who you're working with, having them – uh, like let's say they live by themselves, having them be a part of a support group of other people that are going through the same struggles, that, that power of community is really, really powerful. So it's more than just getting help from you, it's from getting help from your other clients and putting them together as a team or maybe a private Facebook group even where they can talk about their struggles and they can share their successes and it's a safe place without judgment where they can talk about, you know what, you guys, I had a hard day, I gave in, you know, what should I do now? And then and people are there to pick them up, you know? And then some days, other people are there, you know, other days they're there to pick other people up, you know, and they have a struggle. Because it's not about being perfect, it's about progress. And so if you can teach your clients, it's not about being perfect, like it's not about perfection, it's just about making small steps in the right direction. So small progress is still progress. And so that's what I try and help people with uh, on the men's promotional side. And so for, for trainers like you, you know, having them be a part of a support group other than just you as their coach, right? Mm-hmm. You help them one-on-one when they're with you, but then outside of that, the other 23 hours of the day, can they reach out to other people, you know, that are going through the same thing that they're going through and that they can relate to? Because sometimes they can't always relate to their trainer because their trainer has always been this perfect person, right? That with the perfect body and, you know, in their eyes, that's the way they see it. Mm-hmm. So I think those things would help out as well. Yeah, because I believe that the 80% of, of this is uh, all psychology, right? And once you understand what you do, why you do what you do, eventually you can shift it. And most people uh, trying to get their needs because there are six human needs in personality, which is certainty. We, we have the need for comfort, right? We have the need for uncertainty, which is variety, because if you know it all, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, you get bored. So you got to have variety in your life. And then we, we do stuff to make ourselves feel more significant. And the fourth one is connection and love. And 
these needs we all get there in either a positive way or a negative way most of us takes the the, the positive or or a negative but something that will uh, get us feel it for the short term so for example eating if i feel lonely and i don't have connection and love then i automatically will go to eat because it will make me feel good and connected to myself for the short term so we always i believe need to understand what is the need that i'm after and uh, if what i'm using right now is fulfilling me and make me more of a person or it's just taking me back so do you agree yeah. you think it's uh yeah, i think that's really really good advice um and you probably come up with that after training so many clients right you know, I, I, I learn a lot about psychology from you know tony robbins yeah so yeah it's really good because you know a lot of trainers and coaches will just focus on the physical but helping people out with the mental and emotional and helping them sometimes understand their own struggles i think that's great now you know as a trainer or as a coach we're not always trained licensed you know psychologists or therapists but that's okay you don't need to be um but being able to educate them on the psychology side i think is really really valuable and you're going to help your clients so much more than if you had a you know you know three dozen certifications right yeah, I that need... kind of stuff is important but the psychology is where where the battles are won yeah i think like uh, you can have all the certification in the world but the 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 thing that uh, i believe uh, make a difference between people that really succeed in what they do is first of all you got to have the passion and you really want to care about making a change in other people's life and yeah you you need to be a little bit egoistic at the beginning because if you want to make other people progress and change you got to change yourself first so uh, for me that, that i had bad habits as well so i want to change it so i i needed to understand the psychology why why i'm doing what i'm doing so i can change myself and therefore i can change other people yeah so in your perspective what is a must tools every person that's starting a fat loss journey have to have What, uh, tools or which tool? One, like one or, or a tools? Tools, so it's uh, the S at the end, so it's like a couple of. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So one is, um, I'll say one is accountability, so either hire a coach or be part of a fitness group or have your family member or a gym buddy, someone you can be accountable to, I think is essential. Because uh, if you're just trying to do it by yourself and alone, no one's watching you. There's no accountability. It's so easy to be like, you know what? No one's watching me. I had a hard day. I'm just going to give into this. Like, who cares, right? So accountability. And then from there, that leads you into who your support system is. And what a support system does is it provides you with a balance of love and encouragement and letting you know that you're worth it, but also kicking the butt every once in a while. So your support system can be your trainer. It can be your friends and family. It can be an online community. Um, it could be a you know CrossFit class or a Zumba class, like where you are part of a community where you can share your your struggles and your successes. So being a part of a support system, so accountability and support system that would be on the mental and emotional side, but also having a coach. And nowadays, you know, you can hire a trainer one on one that will help out as well. Or there's apps nowadays that you can um, you know hire a coach that well, you can call in and check in with them. Um, I think it, it's almost essential for everybody. Now, not everyone's going to do that, but the ones that I think have lasting results are willing to hire someone that's, that is there to help push them. Because even for me, even a coach needs a coach, right? And I'm a big fan of that. I, even I need a coach. Sometimes I lose 
motivation if I just you know I don't have that drive all the time and uh, that's why I think having a coach of some type doesn't have to be a trainer it can look, it can look at it a lot of different ways uh, it just provides accountability and a support system mm-hmm. those two things that I think are essential for for anybody that's starting a weight loss journey and then also doing research first instead of just saying well I saw this diet on the Dr. Oz show so I'm going to do that diet do some research first before diving into what diet you're going to do and what workout program you're going to do like do you, if you hate going to the gym and you hate you know whatever your exercise routine is you're not going to last right but if you love mountain climbing or uh, biking or swimming then implement that in your lifestyle because it's not so much about the exercise you get from it it's about the therapy you get from it as well right mm-hmm. because you enjoy moving in that way and not and it's different for each person not everyone wants to be a weightlifter not everyone wants to be a bodybuilder not everyone wants to be a, a marathon runner so find what works for you and that's going to help you make your lifestyle change yeah, the thing is we are living in a world that was drowning in in uh, a lot of information so people say okay so how can i educate myself this guy said one thing and this guy said one thing and there is plenty of uh, research so who can i count on that saying the truth for me <laughs> right it's like uh, i i believe like just stick to one person you really believe in his journey and his way and he, he, he not just talk the talk you see by his action by what he produced I agree with that 100%. And the other thing, the other advice I would give people is, is become your own self-experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, so like let's say you, you, you see research on vegan diets and paleo and keto and you see all this research. It's like, okay, well, which one do I do? Well, let's start out with one. Do it consistently for 60 days and see how you feel. See what changes you notice. If you feel good and it's a good change, then maybe stick with it until maybe you hit a plateau or maybe you start to feel Okay, this isn't a good idea. And then be open to new things. Don't just get stuck in your ways and think, well, you know what? The the vegan diet worked for me for three years, and but now you're 40 years old, and maybe it's not working for you as good as it used to. So be open to changing it up and, and experimenting. But don't just do it for a few days and be like, well, I tried, but it didn't work out for me. I would say a minimum 60 days of consistent effort. And then from there, maybe track some data. Get your body fat tested. Get your starting, uh, you know, weight and measurements. Maybe even do blood work before and after to see what's really changing inside of your body. And then from there, you know, if it's if it's heading the right direction, then keep doing it. If not, then maybe tweak some things up or be open to a new type of lifestyle. Like I, I used to eat more of like a you know bodybuilder type of approach, and now I'm a big fan of the keto diet. And you know, I've been doing that for a few years, and it works for me. But I'm open to maybe like at some point in my life, like, okay, maybe I need to change this up and maybe I need to cycle through different phases where I go back to eating paleo a little bit and then, you know, maybe fast for a little bit here and there, just some internet fasting. So being open to new things and become your own self-experimentation, that's what's so cool is that's the only way to find out what's optimal for you is experimenting, right? Rather than listening to this person or that person, only you are going to know what's optimal for you because I could say the keto diet, sorry. I can say the keto diet works for a lot of people, and it might, but it might not work for everybody. And so that's what I'm saying is you don't, I can't tell you what's optimal for you. You gotta find out what's optimal for you by doing these self-experiments. Yes, and I I also wanted to take you back again when you were overweight, because there is a saying that says, uh, we all have a question, a primary question we ask ourselves daily. And what we ask ourselves daily will direct our life. So for a guy that is overweight, that want to shift his life, 
what was what do you think and believe truly believe you ask yourself every single day that made you follow through and come back being fit again um I guess the biggest question is what is my why? Like why do I want to change? Like for example, when I was at my fattest, uh, heaviest, I became very comfortable. I became almost scary, uncomfortable uh, in that situation where I was like, you know what? I see why people get stuck here because it, it is so comfortable, right? I don't feel like I'm gonna die. Now there's some downsides, like I feel unhealthy and, and you know out of breath all the time. But at the same time, the idea of change seems so impossible to me. Like it seems so hard that I see why people get stuck. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, why do I want to, why do I want to be healthier? What's my why? And for me, my why is being a dad, right? So if you can find a why, ask yourself, what is my why? What is my why? Why do I want to live a better life today? Why, why do I want to just uh, uh, be, be good and put forth an effort rather than just stay at home in bed and screw the world and say, you know what, I'm not moving a muscle today, I'm just laying in bed What's my why for making me do the hard things? And if you ask yourself that and you know what your why is, it's going to be a reminder for you in those moments where you're going to want to lay in bed and you're going to want to skip the gym and you're going to want to you know, uh, eat whatever you want to. We all have those moments as humans. But if you have a why that's bigger than you, it's going to help you push through those, those times. If your why is like, yeah, I want to get ripped and have chicks, that's cool for a minute, but eventually at some point in your life, you're gonna get sick of that, and that motivation of that is gonna wear out because that's all about just you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's just about looks, like physical looks. That's gonna, even for me, I get worn out on that. Like, yeah, I like to look good, but there's more life than looking good, you know? And so for me, my why is something that's bigger than me. So ask yourself, what is your why? And make sure that it's a, a big enough why that's bigger than just, I wanna look good. So for you, you said your why was being a dad. In your brain, did you link like if I am still overweight and I can't be a dad or even worse, I might even not be a dad or a dad because if I like get overweight more and more, then eventually it can make me a crucial uh, critical disease or something like that. Or you just like, I, I can't move myself. No, that's a good question. So no, I, I can still be a good dad and be overweight. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is, is for me, you know, health is the greatest wealth. And we're, when we're a healthier version of us, we're the best version of us. So not about being skinny or being ripped or anything like that. It's about being healthy. So for me, I know that if I'm healthy, I have more to give. I have a bigger cup to give to my kids to uh, my employees, to my siblings, to my, my, my friends. I have more to give, but if I'm giving from an empty cup where I am exhausted all the time and I'm grumpy because I didn't sleep well, I'm sleep deprived and my hormones are out of whack and so um, you know, it's affecting uh, you know, how, much, how much weight I'm gaining and less self-confidence, then that's gonna affect who you are and you don't have as much to give to your kids because you're not taking care of your health. The healthier you is the happier you and I really honestly believe that. So for me, I want to give my kids a more a higher quality of life by being a healthy dad that sets a good example, that I can play with them, that has lots of energy, um, that it will be around for when they're older, and um, you know teaches them good habits as well, right? But if I'm not that dad, I can still be a good dad to them, but eventually my cup's going to run out, and I'm going to be pouring from an empty cup all the time, and I'm not going to have as much energy to give to them. I'm going to want to instead of like going out and doing something fun and active, we're just gonna be like, oh, let's stay at home and watch a movie. 
all the time instead of going out and like playing at the park or going to the beach or doing something fun in the mountains, you know, or, or whatever it is, your ability to do that is lessened when you, when your, your health is taking a hit from your, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, and as uh, an overweight person, like, uh, because you actually been there. So you, you know, if I ask you something, you, you been there. So if you want to train today, you said, okay, today I'm going to walk out. But you don't have the motivation. How did you get yourself motivated? Like, what did you do to make yourself motivated? Is there something that you see in yourself? Something you hear? Or something you need to, to feel? That's a good question. All of the above. Um, see, feel, hear, all of that. Um, because for me, you know, I, when, I, when I started losing the weight, right? I was overweight. But um, I had the audience to be accountable to, right? My audience was was counting on me to be the leader for them because they were doing this journey with me. They were following me on the journey back to fit. So they were like, "Okay, Drew, you're our leader. You gotta, you know, you're doing the workouts with us." Mm -hmm. And that kept me motivated to go to the gym and work out. And even though it was hard as hell to do push-ups or, or pull-ups again, and I struggled because of my weight and I lost a lot of strength, I knew that I had to start from the bottom. You know and climb my way up just like they had to do and so for me it was very important to me to go through that period even though there was times where i was sore i was tired i was exhausted and i didn't want to go to the gym that day i felt those moments but the thing that made me push through is knowing that i had people counting on me and for me if that's that was another part of my why is that why am i doing this i'm doing this for other people as well as for myself And so it's important for people to have, like I said, a why that's bigger than them so that it motivates them, pushes them uh, off the couch um, in those moments where they want to be weak. And so for me, it, it was all of that uh, see, feel, hear, um, you know, listening to certain types of music, certain types of podcasts, um, and, and also like visualizing, okay, I want to look a certain way and then I'm going to work out this hard and visualizing what I wanted in my mind and then executing it afterwards helps out a lot. So the power of visualization is really, is a really important tool as well. But if let's say the guy said, uh, I don't want to do a YouTube, I don't want people to see me and uh, I, I clearly have no motivation. I want to lose weight, but I, I just don't have the motivation to do it. So how can you, can you still influence this person? Possibly. I mean, that's really hard to say. Like, for example, some people say they want to be rich, but they don't want to make it a priority to get up early, you know, do the research, go to school, um, take the risks that an entrepreneur would have to take. It's the same thing with I want to be healthy. Like, we want it, but we want it to be easy. And it's not easy. It, to be healthy, you got to put in the work. you got to make it a priority. So just like anything else that you say you want in life, If you really want it, you're going to make it a priority. If you don't really want it, you're not going to make it a priority. Like, for example, I have to pick up my kids today. I have to be there at a certain time. That is a priority, right? If I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. You know what? I, 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 I was too lazy. I didn't pick up my kids today. What's going to happen? <laughs> you know, a lot of bad things can happen, right? Yeah. But that's a priority in my life that I'm making, that that has to happen. So for me, I look at it in the same way, the same type of commitment. Uh, picking up my kids at school, that's the same type of commitment that I see, you know what, I have to go to the gym today, so I'm going to make it happen, no matter what. And um, once you make it a priority, then it becomes, you know, habitual, it becomes easier over time. But at first, it's going to be hard. 
And especially if you've lived your, your life that whole way, but you can rewire your brain. I really do believe you can rewire your brain by being consistent, visualizing of what your life is going to look like and, um, and executing. And then once you execute and continually do it on a consistent basis, it becomes easier over time. You can literally rewire that motivation that you didn't have in the beginning, look back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a totally different person now. But in the beginning, I was that same guy. So it's just it's the power of belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as a coach, as a trainer, you can kind of help them with a few things, like by saying certain things, but it's not always like it's going to spark something inside of them. It has to come from within, right? They have to have that motivation and belief in themselves. Um, but I don't know, even, even people that go to Tony Robbins events, it's not guaranteed that what he says is going to influence them to do something great, but some people might. Mm-hmm. Right, so it just depends. We all pick and choose our path in our life. Because uh, I believe eventually people, the primary thing in life, we will do anything to avoid pain and the desire to gain pleasure. And if in the brain we link enough pain for, let's say, overweight, and this is something that I will no longer tolerance in my life, then eventually I can make the shift because there is so pain in that area that this is a must and not a should. And all of us has different rules and beliefs about different things. For example, if we, we look at uh, walking out, so for an overweight guy, he can make it so complex and he have so many rules because yeah. walking out for me means that I need to put uh, now the, the walking out uh, gear, I need to take the shoes, then I need to drive 30 minutes with a lot of traffic, then I'm going to the gym and when I'm in the gym I need to wait and in each machine everybody is sweating, so it's a lot, a lot, a lot of activity. But for us, uh, people that actually live this, we look at this as just one chunk, walking out, like I feel good, it's something I need for my body. So the more complex it is, the less you're gonna take action for it. That's really true. So that's the other thing is, like, for example, you mentioned that man that was overweight that just didn't have the motivation. It's like, okay, well, how can we make this easier for you? Because everyone wants it to be easy, but it's not going to be easy. It can't be easier. So instead of, you know, driving to the gym for 30 minutes, sitting in traffic, getting there, and then uh, and then driving back for 30 minutes, taking a lot of time out of your day, maybe instead you do a workout from home, right? Learn to watch, you know, some uh, at-home workouts that you can do without having to go to the gym. That's going to save you time. It's going to save you energy. And then that way, okay, that's an easier thing for me to do. And say, and then also, let's say with nutrition, let's say you have some some extra income where you can you can pay someone like a meal prep company to provide you with meals if you have that type of income. That way, you don't have to go meal prep and grocery shop and do all that yourself. You can pay for someone to do that nowadays. And so that can make it easier. Find ways to make it easier to fit into your lifestyle instead of just saying, you know what, it's too hard. I can't do it. Now, not everyone has that same situation, but what I'm saying is look for ways. To make it fit into your lifestyle, it doesn't have to be what you see on on social media. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be an hour long workout in the gym and killing myself and struggling and then you know dieting down. It doesn't have to be that. It's just you know healthy habits and and make it fit to your lifestyle as, as best you can um, without having saying to yourself, well, it seems too hard, so I'm not going to even try. Mm-hmm. This is actually a great tool for all uh, trainers that might listen to this. So if you really want to influence a person, so first like you want to ask him what has to happen in order for you to walk out. Because when I ask what has to happen, I can understand what is must rules. 
and then I know like, ah, for me to walk out, I need to go five days a week to the gym. So we make it really complex. And then I say, okay, you don't have to do this. You can start by just going and doing like a YouTube video for 15 minutes, two or three days, three times a week. And that's it, right? Exactly. And even like someone that hasn't worked out in years, like maybe just going for a walk every day and cutting out soda would be just two simple, small changes that can get them motivated and see some success and they're headed in the right direction instead of like okay i haven't worked out in 10 years instead of going to the gym and doing deadlifts and bench press and squats and, and things like that hey just get up and move like go for a 20 minute walk in the morning and listen to some music or a podcast or an audiobook and uh maybe start up with another small change of just okay no more soda you know for for you know six days and see how it goes right simple simple small steps instead of like all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to show with you something I recently really uh, uh, read a lot about anchoring yourself. You know the anchors? Yeah. So, for example, if you are really in an emotional state, let's say stress, and you you in that state really really stress, and you link it to food then automatically you always want to reach for food when you're really stressed, right? So even if you're really mad, let's say you're really pissed off about something that happened and your wife was all of a sudden near to you long enough, so her face will automatically trigger you to, to feel bad and you don't even know why you feel bad when you look at her. <laughs> so, so it's really, a, we all need to be aware of what we anchor ourselves. Because sometimes we anchor ourselves unconsciously. We don't even aware of this. So once we are aware, we can change it. And the only way to change it is to get to that state again and link it to something else. I tried it by myself. So for me, for example, I've been more shy. And each time I feel embarrassed, I was doing like sneezing my, my nose. Okay. And I said like, okay, this is an anchor. I always use this. So I, I start, I tried to really be at a big peak state, like really feel motivated. And I linked it to this. I did like 20, 30 times sneezing, sneezing, sneezing until it's, it's anchored in me. <laughs> and then like uh, when this is much uh, stronger than the other habit, eventually you shift it. Yeah, and that's really interesting because that kind of shows that, you know, we as humans, we can be taught. Like, just like, you know, I know it sounds bad, but, you know, we, we're kind of domesticated animals in some ways where the same instincts, like, I've always had this habit where this triggers this, mm -hmm. right? Well, if I can teach myself and do this consistently and break that anchor and create a new anchor, you know, then I can be trained and do something different. So instead of, like, getting stressed, reaching for food, it's like, okay, getting stressed. And if I just go for a walk in those moments outside, away from the food, what what will change and maybe do it consistently for 30 days and see how that happens see, see what changes you notice so i like that i like that concept mm -hmm. and uh last question i always love to ask the people i interview what would be your legacy you would like to live long after you won't be here in this world that's a great question um you know for me with my fit to fit brand my whole brand is is kind of wrapped around this whole empathy and and understanding um uh, point of view from doing what I did and so that's how I differentiate myself in the fitness world is 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 really bringing in empathy and understanding to people's struggles instead of just judging quickly and saying well you're just lazy or you're just this or that so my whole brand is grass around empathy so my whole goal with fit 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 in this movement is to get people and especially in the fitness industry but just in the world in general having more empathy for those that they think should be a certain way 
and realizing that it's not as easy for some people to change or to do what they do that is so easy for us. And so my whole thing to, to leave a legacy and, you know, after this is to, is to teach people to have more empathy and respect and to have better understanding before making judgments and, um, and, and judging others on their lifestyle. Because for us, we see it from a sort of point of view. Try and see it from someone else's point of view first before you make a, a judgment. Yeah, I think it's a really great perspective and uh, it's amazing. Uh, so I really want to wish you the best. And where can we find you? That's Yeah, so my brand is really easy. It's fit number two, fat number two, fit.com. Uh, my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, uh, everything is all fit to fat to fit. The only thing that's not is uh, fit is my TV show, which is fit, T-O, fat, T-O, fit. And season one's on A&E. Season two is coming out in January of 2018. And so um, that's how you can get a hold of me. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Ru. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the Mind Body Podcast, feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share this podcast on Instagram by tagging the Mind Body Podcast. Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body Podcast? So remember the FAST Factor. The FAST Factor stands for 1. Facebook Become a part of the MindBody Podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook the MindBody Podcast community. Number 2. Act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. 3. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search the Mind Body Podcast on YouTube. And number four, train others. Because just like I always says, leaders create leaders, and you're all here to grow together. And by training others, you're training yourself. So this is the fast factor. Remember it. Facebook, act, subscribe, and train others. Oh, and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses. And the VAC senses stands for visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, which when you use all the three combined, you remember stuff much better. For more information about my coaching, public speaking, and taking your mind and body to all new levels, check my site at lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever forget to smile. See you soon.